0: Matthew chapter three verses thirteen through seventeen. Then Jesus came from Jally.
1: Jally Jallie. Well, what uh, if all the G's were J sounds?
0: J- j- Jalilee. <laughs> okay. Okay, get it together, Charlotte.
1: A voice from Jod came down. <laughs> You're
0: not helping. <laughs>
1: The Spirit of God descended. Oh, okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego.
0: And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
1: And we are in the season after Epiphany now
0: that's right
1: wow christmas happens so fast
0: and then 12 days later boom yeah
1: so weird uh so we hope you all had a joyful uh christmas season and a good start to your season after epiphany uh and uh, how how was your epiphany
0: Our epiphany here at, well, remember, I am at Christ Church Coronado in addition to my role as youth missioner for the Diocese of San Diego, and our epiphany was delightful. I have to say, we had one service at 9 a.m., and it was a family-oriented service, and we had the three wise people process with their gifts during the singing of We Three Kings. Um, Our three wise people were all female this year. And they waited at the front during the reading of the gospel, and then all of the children gathered with me in front of the altar to discuss the gospel for the week, kind of like what we do on Faith to Go. Yeah. And so we were exploring that idea of kings and what's different between kings that we see in the world and Jesus who came as our king and how they dress and where they are born and the gifts that are brought. And I got to the part where we were exploring the gifts, and we talked about the frankincense and the myrrh, and then we have this little wicker basket that has the gold in it. And so I opened the latch on the wicker basket and pulled it open, and I showed it to the children with all the gold coins tucked inside. And one of the little girls, who is all of four years old, put her hand in the air, and I called on her, and we passed a microphone around because we have T-coil hearing in the church, and mm-hmm. that way even our people that have a little more trouble hearing mm-hmm. really can So I pass the microphone to her. She grabs it, puts it right in front of her mouth, and I say, what do you think about these gold coins as a gift for Jesus? And she says, are they chocolate coins?
1: <laughs> that would be way better.
0: It would be way better, yeah. but sadly I had to disappoint.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine if Jesus... Had been, you know, more aware of what was going on, he would have been disappointed as well. I think so. In his gifts.
0: I think he may have looked down we- on me and thought, you should have got yeah, the, the chocolate we- coins. Right. The wise
1: man clearly <laughs> did not have any children and <laughs> were not used to babies.
0: Because
1: their gifts are completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All choking hazards and, you know, who knows if he's allergic to incense. Right. Oh, man. Well, We hope you all got some good gifts for Christmas that were appropriate to your age and stage of life. Uh, And uh, we are excited to move into this season after Epiphany. Again, we want to hear all of your stories, Epiphany stories, Christmas pageant stories, anything, uh, plus any of your uh, comments or questions or stories from your week of faith discussion about this week's uh, gospel or any of the gospels uh, from the past few weeks. Uh, you can always contact us through the website, at www.myfaithtogo.org You can contact us through Instagram, at faith to go And you can also email us, faith to go at And we'd love to hear from each and every one of you. But now we move to the gospel for this Sunday, Sunday, uh, January 12th, 2020. 2020. Wow. Uh, and... The which is the feast of the baptism of our Lord, or the Baptism of Christ, uh, which we celebrate every year and is always the Sunday after Epiphany. So Charlotte is going to read the gospel, which is Matthew three, thirteen to seventeen.
0: Matthew chapter three, verses thirteen to seventeen. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, The Beloved, with whom I am well pleased.
1: All right, short gospel. Um, We are... This is the uh, year A, which is Matthew's year, so we're hearing the baptism story from Matthew, Mm -hmm. though all of the gospels have a baptism story for Jesus. Uh, Jesus is always baptized by John the Baptist, hence his name. What would he be if he hadn't, you know?
0: John the Locust Eater? John the... (laughs)
1: Not as enduring a name, probably. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, so it seems like it seems like uh, we've jumped uh, ahead in the story a little far, you know, mm-hmm. because we were just just celebrating, you know, last week uh, was Jesus being. Well, the epiphany was the wise men coming to the baby Jesus, and now we've got grown-up Jesus, 30-year-old Jesus, getting baptized the week after. The thing is that that's how fast the Gospels move, too, for the most part. Luke is really the only one that has any stories about Jesus in this interim period between when he's, you know, less than one-year-old and 30 years old, uh, which we actually do read about in the Feast of the Presentation, which will be in a few weeks. Um, But... It really is in matthew's gospel uh goes from the wise men the the epiphany and the wise men returning to to uh their country a different way and then Jesus and Mary and joseph uh fleeing into egypt and then once they return home to Nazareth, it jumps mm-hmm. all the way ahead thirty years to John the Baptist in the desert and uh so in terms of context, we are just in the next chapter over. And the what we've skipped is kind of this introduction of John the Baptist in the gospel, but we actually heard it back in the second week of Advent, uh, which was John you know, yelling about the brood of vipers and the Pharisees and people coming to him to be baptized. Uh, and so now is the baptism of Jesus. So uh i think that's all the context we need we are we really are not jumping that far ahead in the gospel uh just one story and that story is one that we've already heard a few weeks ago so i am going to take the first point uh and and the thing that jumped out to me was this whole this this cool interaction between um jesus and john um right in the middle part of this gospel so John is out there, and his whole ministry is um, proclaiming that one is coming after him that is greater than him, actually. And especially in John's gospel, which is a different John than John the Baptist, John's gospel and the community that created John's gospel seems to want to make it very clear that John... Is very much inferior to Jesus, you know, and so there's this whole tradition of like making sure people know that John's not the guy, that Jesus is the guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, and even later in Matthew's gospel, there's that whole thing that we heard a few weeks ago of John's disciples going and asking Jesus, "Are you the one?" Because we just want to make sure, you know, um, and and so John is really set up to be inferior to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I have this feeling like a lot of our theology and maybe kind of a classic Christian theology, especially one that is more that, you know, I I think just like a mainline theology in Christianity is to hold this idea that we are, we are in some way inferior as human beings to some sort of more Mm -hmm. superior, definitely to Jesus Mm -hmm. and to some sort of like superior spiritual being that is not human, that in some way our humanity is like the thing that keeps us back from uh, doing what is right and just and righteous. And I think that this story, first of all, the whole incarnation should push back against that kind of theology. Just the fact that God is blurring the line between divine and human, you know, that we are kind of invited into this same kind of indwelling divinity as Jesus has, or maybe that we, or that we already have that kind of indwelling divinity. So, But this is like this really cool particular back and forth between John and Jesus, that Jesus is trying to communicate this to John, I think. So John, kind of living from this feeling of inferiority, you know, having spent his whole ministry preparing for this one that is to come, says to Jesus, you're the, you know, you are the one It is, how can I baptize you? You should be the one baptizing me. And Jesus answers him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And the cool thing about this wording here is that let it be so is a word that's being translated from Greek that is the same word as forgive. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but this word forgive, which is afiemi, is actually, like, it's the verb to, like, let go of something, to permit something, kind of, to, to release something. And so Jesus is kind of, John says, I am inferior to you, and Jesus says to him, let go of that. Mm-hmm. Let go of that now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here, and I'm here to tell you, you can let go of this idea that you're inferior and that this is necessary you are you baptizing me and recognizing your you know your the the inherent dignity of your humanity your inherent dignity as a creation of god as something created in the image of god that it is right for us to do this and this is the only way that we are going to what he says is fulfill all righteousness. But this idea of righteousness is the same, it's the same word that you would translate as justice. So it's like, this is how we're going to bring about this justice that we're trying to do here. Like this is my, going to be my ministry is trying to help you recognize that you and God are not as far apart as you think you are. Mm -hmm. In fact, you are inherently intertwined. And so, and so I love this idea that Jesus needs John Jesus is saying, I can't do this by myself. Like, I need you to do this with me. Mm-hmm. So I think this has also been a theme over the last few weeks is just like this continual invitation from Jesus and from God to, to participate in mm-hmm. what's going on. To that, partnership. To, yeah, exactly. That Jesus is not here to be something superior, but to be exactly what we are Right. and to help us recognize our equality. With everything, with all of creation, with Jesus himself, and that what Jesus is going to do, he's calling us to do and to partner with him in so that we are all kind of called <coughs> beyond this feeling that we don't have anything to offer and that the idea that everybody has something to to uh, contribute to this mm-hmm. justice of for all creation, that is the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that piggybacking off of your worthiness discussion leads directly into my point, which is point two, which comes all the way at the end of this very long reading, Mm -hmm. um, which is, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And if we think about what we hear in these four short verses, A lot goes on because Jesus is baptized and there's this exchange with John, but Jesus hasn't done a miracle. He hasn't healed the sick. He hasn't brought equality to the world. He's had an exchange with John and he has been baptized and the skies part and the sun shines down and his voice from heaven rings out. This is my beloved, my son with whom I am well pleased. And I keep thinking about that and realizing that in this moment, God is just so delighted, right? Like, and I think that that's the best word for it because it's almost like that un- unexpressible joy that you can't contain it inside of you. You just have to express it. You have to say, I could not love you any more than I love you in this moment exactly the way you are wet and dripping in baptism. Mm -hmm. This is my son with whom I am so well pleased. Mm -hmm. And I think that for a lot of parents that that probably resonates, right? That you think of any number of moments with your own children, and maybe it's some colossal mess that they've made. Um, One of my favorite memories was in our old house in Massachusetts. I came down the hall And as I turned and I looked into the kitchen, Tim and Karen Ray, my husband, and my youngest child were in the kitchen with a half gallon of ice cream, (laughs) and she had stuck her little tiny hand down and was scooping out ice cream and eating it out of the carton while he is laughing, holding the carton. (laughs) Uh And in that moment, I promise you, I could not love either of them more Mm -hmm. than I did, for my joy, my delight was beyond. And I think that that's what I feel from God in this. Uh And then if I take that feeling that this is my beloved with whom I am so so pleased, and I think, and then God gave him to us. Uh In fact, he already had at Uh that point, right? Uh Like Jesus was already here and doing Uh everything he was supposed to do. And God gave this child that he loved more than anything in this world to us to save us. Uh Well, then how much more... Must he love us?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, and like, and one, I think one of the amazing, I, I in the in Hebrew Scripture, there's all of this language of there's all this parental language used for God. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like Jesus calling God the Father or using this kind of relational language to talk about humans and God was completely new and like a huge innovation. But he embodied it in this very specific way that revealed to us. The truth of that relationship—that to think about how we feel about our children—is—is mm-hmm. like—is a good indication and metaphor for how much God loves us, and yet infinitely so. Mm-hmm. You know, that we are all children of God mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters in this thing we call Christ. You know, which is like this big cosmic idea of a relation relationship in the universe. So, so yeah, I think that. That that, like you're saying, it's not about how much you produce, you know? It's not about what you do. You don't earn it. Right. There's nothing you do to earn it or to lose it. You can't Mm -hmm. lose it. All we can do is, like, respond to it,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like Bishop Curry says, if it's not about love, it's not about God. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so simple, and it's so true. Mm -hmm. It's like the crux of everything. And that last part, this is... uh, for the third point, I think this whole story and especially this last part, I think in this other cool way, thought, thinking about like being made in the image of God. Um, this whole story kind of, again, brings us back. We've talked about this also in a couple of different times over these last few weeks. Also, again, has these themes of creation, of the creation story in Genesis, because we've got we've got this water and this submersion in water. We have water and then God's spirit like coming down and hovering. Mm-hmm. This is like it as if it's a dove. But so we have the water and then the spirit of God and then the voice of God. And then this cool thing at the end with this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And this to me sounds so much like, and it is very good. You know, like that, that it's almost like we, we can read that again going back to like john's feeling of inferiority our our like are the challenges for us of really living into being like a beloved of god as an identity and and feeling what that actually means for how we live in the world and interact with ourselves and with all of creation is like we can read that we can read that genesis story over and over read how we are made in the image of god and how it is very good and still not feel very good, mm-hmm. and and in this, God is saying, trying to say again, it is still very good and has always been and always will be. Right, you know. And there is this inherent goodness, and that's really what dignity means. You know, it's like this deep goodness about each and every one of us, and about all of creation. In that, and everyone we see and meet, you know, that every single person, no matter what they do is deeply beloved and deeply good and has this inherent dignity. You know, we don't we don't pick and choose who does and who doesn't because everything does. It's our job to recognize the dignity of every human being, like it says in our baptismal vows. And that Jesus gives is like kind of this arrow and pointer to the fact that that goodness dwells in deeply in humanity. You know, ours and everyone's. So, I think that's really cool. That mm-hmm. kind of like Water, spirit, goodness, you know, showing up again. Continues to show up all the time. We
0: get reminded of all the connections. Mm -hmm. And I love the image of Jesus as a pointer. Just because I feel like Jesus' entire life is a pointer, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it points to good things. Sometimes it points to hard things. But it's always pointing where we're supposed to look.
1: Right, right. Helping us to know where our orientation should Mm -hmm. be. Okay, so three points. One, two, three. Wow. Uh, so first point was mine, and it was about this interaction between John the Baptist and Jesus, and Jesus, you know, inviting John to a recognition of, of his equality, and of his inherent dignity and goodness that he shares with, with Jesus. Uh, number two was Charlotte's. And it was about this voice from heaven this is my son, the beloved. And without needing to produce anything or make anything or do anything, this indication that this to us, that this is all of us, you know, that we are all the beloved, that we all share in this identity. And then number three was tying in these themes of creation, of water and spirit and goodness, that again, tying that all kind of together another reminder from us through Jesus that we all have this inherent dignity and goodness that every each and every person and, and every part of creation and it is our duty and job to recognize that dignity in everyone so having heard that discussion Charlotte is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through
0: Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased.
1: All right, thanks everybody for tuning in for this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast for this week of January 12th, the uh, week after the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord, uh, the first Sunday after Epiphany, the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany. And uh, we would love to hear from you and any of your stories or comments or thoughts uh, from this or questions from this week of faith discussion and reflection. Uh, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, where you can also find all of those faith to go resources every week, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can contact us and follow us on Instagram at faith 2 make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it and go check out um all of the uh, discipleship uh way of love 2020 resources mm-hmm. that are up now for the seasons after epiphany this se- is season after epiphany and for the season of lent those are all through the episcopal diocese of san diego but you don't have to be here to use them they're all on the internet So go check those out, Uh, get in touch with us, rate and review the podcast, and until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody.